Welcome to the Abundant Yoga Teacher Podcast. My name's Amy McDonald. I'm a yoga teacher, yoga student, and a yoga business coach. And I'm here to support you to share your yoga with the people in your community who really need it. So if you're an amazing yoga teacher, but you sometimes struggle with the business part of what it is that you do, you're in the right place. I hope you thoroughly enjoy everything I've got in store for you. And if you have any suggestions, questions, or ideas for future podcasts, reach out to me on Instagram at Amy Yoga Biz Coach. Hey folks, it's Amy McDonald here. Welcome to season five of the Abundant Yoga Teacher Podcast. I am so excited to be back for 2020 and kicking off a brand new season with some special guests, mixing it up this uh, this season by having some folks come to talk to me because I got lonely doing it all by myself. So it's with great delight that I welcome our very first guest for the year, Stephanie Spence, who is joining me live from Russia. I Hi. am so excited to be here. And now I'm doubly honored. Uh, <laughs> yes, that is like, is, that's a cool title. <laughs> Thank you for having me. For folks who don't know you yet, Stephanie, I'm going to read your bio off the back of your fabulous book, which we're going to talk about. Uh, for sure. So Stephanie Spence is the former CEO of Spence Communications. You know, your name is just has a level of like integrity and professionalism about it. I think you have a great name. Like you could also be a good like private eye. Oh, oh come on. If that's your you, name. Totally seen through me already. I'd love to be a private eye. The investigative <laughs> reporter in me would, would, oh my God, a sleuth. That would be fabulous. Or the alter ego of a, of a, of a um, what do you call it? Ha, uh, what do you call those people? Superhero. Ah, uh, Amy, we are going to be BFFs. <laughs> so many compliments already. You're so sweet. Oh, well, I'm thrilled to be here. Honestly, I'm, I'm so honored when, when, somebody calls and, and says, wow, I'd actually like to, to hear your thoughts. It really is. It really is an honor. Thank you so much for really having me. It's nice. So. Well, you're welcome. It's our treat. Stephanie's company produced numerous magazines, including Pennsylvania's award-winning health and fitness magazine. She has been featured in Mantra Yoga and Health Magazine, How to Be a Yoga Rockstar, and she's a regular contributor to Yoga Guide Magazine and Om Yoga and Lifestyle Magazine. Fair to say the lady knows how to write. We're not on road trips or in Moscow. She's attending yoga festivals, and she lives in California. Yes, right on the beach in Coronado. It is a little island across the bridge from San Diego. Oh, nice. Yeah, it's really nice. If you ever have an opportunity and your listeners, shoot me a note. Come to uh, Yoga on the Beach with me. Oh, done. Sold. So, folks, before I, before Steffi and I just like throw it open and just have a good time talking to each other, I want to make a point. We know each other because we connected on Instagram. So for anybody who's still like, eh, man, I don't know. I don't know about Instagram. I don't know. The reason that we're having this conversation today is because... We follow each other on Insta. I'm a huge, huge fan of social media, and I don't buy into all the the negativity because um, I've met the most incredible people like yourself via social media that I would have never met before. And the cool thing is, is as long as you take the time to cultivate your tribe, the inspiring and real and authentic people that I've met are not 
the ones that are, you know, going to put hater notes on your thing or, you know, give you weird. Now, I do have preferences. I prefer Instagram over everything else. I'm a Facebook girl. I'm really excited about the idea, too, that maybe someday this form of communication may morph into something else as well. I've always been in communication. Mm-hmm. TV, films, radio, I've done all forms of communication. But what I like is we all have a voice Mm. and we all have an opportunity to share ourselves. I think it's very creative and fun. It's supposed to be fun. Can't take it too seriously. You can't overthink what you're doing. And for me, it's just a really beautiful way to meet people like you. What's your Instagram handle so that everybody can go and follow you immediately? Stephanie Yogini. Yogini, in case you may not know, is just a term for a female that has practiced yoga a long time. So it's S-T-E-P-H-A-N-I-E-Y-O-G-I-N-I. And that is actually my name across all social media channels. You could just Google Stephanie Spence. You must have been an early adopter to get that name. I am. In fact, in my lifetime, I've been an early adopter in a lot of things. I used to be part of a think tank um, out of New York City with trend forecasting. And it's something I actually love. And I don't know, let's see the older I get if I continue to do that. But I really like the energy of new things. And, And one of the places I've found I thrive in is learning new things whether it be language or I just recently took an online um, how to read Buddhist scriptures class through Harvard. I mean, I, it's the internet for me has opened up the encyclopedia of the world of fabulousness. And I only surround myself with things that uh, uh, bring me to a state of optimal living and the, the computer has allowed me to do that at a time when I was publishing magazines, which was print. And all of a sudden this worldwide web came up and it was exciting and overwhelming at the same time because I realized, wow, you know, my message is out there with like Nike. I don't have the, the money or a big consulting PR firm or whatever, but When I started my yoga blog, it was just, wow, I I have something I like talking about. It was pretty simple. So I like the idea even right now that you are, you know, you have this voice that the world can find you and you can say whatever you want. When I worked for ABC TV News uh, back in um, my 20s, it was, we were told what to think via these channels and it totally flipped on its head with social media and the internet. We're now the news and they have to pretend like, you know, at the end of, even I was listening to Al Jazeera, BBC, you know, TV here in Moscow, looking at all these and they all tag, you know, follow us on Facebook, like me on like me on Instagram, and I'm like, uh-huh. They're trying to keep us interested, where really people like you, Amy, have so much more that I want to hear about because it's not clouded by advertisers or agendas or things, you know, that um, 
feel manipulating to me now. Well, first up, let's just say that you have set the bar quite high for intelligent conversations uh, in 2020 on the Abundant Yoga Teacher podcast. So thanks for that challenge for Amy to continue to recruit uh, guests who measure up. But I also think as much, you know, I think you're right and it does give us a, um, an important platform. But I think sometimes for some yogis, yoginis, they can think that that means that because of the potential reach, it somehow has to be perfect rather than simply being a way to be social with each other. I think that you've really touched on something that is critical for the future of um, people that would like to help others share the seva, whatever you want to call this calling to be a yoga teacher, I think is a calling and to be able to help and shape somebody else's life is a great honor. And, but you also, I think just need to be okay. And yoga teaches that us this, that you just need to be okay that my voice is valuable and what I have to share is going to resonate with someone, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. All this tool does that you and I are using right now is takes us to somebody who we may or may not be in the same room with that we may or may not touch. Mm. Especially young women that I meet that um, because of 8 million different reasons and the lens through which they see the world or the culture with which they live in, you can't take this all so seriously too. Life is supposed to be joyful Mm. and there's pressure, especially in certain cultures, but the pressure now that, you know, in the comparison world of social media is really hard for a lot of people. Yeah. And I try and explain to people that even if you change one person's stars or you, you don't even know who you're touching, but it doesn't even have to be about that. I I recently was in um, Dharmasala, which is where the Dalai Lama lives. And I love his very simple idea that, you know, you can help someone else, but if you can't help them, just don't do them harm. I think that's our only responsibility to be, to be mindful that, you know, we could also hurt people with this tool. And other than that, it's supposed to be fun. It's supposed to be a a new form of communication. And if you don't, buy into the comparison thing. And I know for me as a, um, as a first time author, uh, one of the things that I'd love to share with your audience is the big taboo about being author is, yeah, the big taboo is I'm not supposed to really tell anyone that without a big platform, I would have never gotten a publishing deal. Oh, I, yes. I have colleagues the same thing. Great things to talk about, but unless you've got the squillions of followers, then you're no longer attracting them. At yeah. many levels as, yeah. as a person who, like everyone, you've had a book that changed your life or whatever. And that wasn't my goal. My goal was really uh, to just share. But it, it's very upsetting to me that, you cannot even get someone's ear. Like it took me a year to get a literary agent, which is about normal. Mm. Uh, But it took the literary agent then a year to get the publisher. And that's the first question out of their mouth. Mm. You know, your numbers, what's, but boy, they don't, they, you know, there's the ones that'll act like that. 
that isn't the first question, but it is. Mm. It really is. So when I talk to yoga teachers, A, who either don't like doing social media, B, you know, feel like, wow, you know, I'm just trying to teach classes. I got to do this too. And or the ones that say, oh my God, I I don't want to take my picture every day and do my makeup. Like all those other yoga teachers. teachers. But the cool thing is, is that I had some numbers like to me now big numbers on Instagram are hundreds of thousands and I'm still getting a lot of pressure. You know, why don't you grow your following? I'm like, okay. And your point is, hello. You know, I mean, we're all trying, but it can't be the, it, the be all and the end all. And that's very interested. I've recently been in a couple of countries, Amy's where they got rid of the likes. Where they have in Australia, they have, yeah. Vanity metrics gone. Love that. Yeah. I love that. so I'm sure someone somewhere still has the metrics of engagement and other things that they find valuable. But I've been trying to ignore that. Yeah. But the real world is not ignoring it. But I think maybe perhaps either a new social media site will pop up or podcasts like yours will continue to grow and mm edge out or be equal to other forms of communication so the whole thing is is oh my god it's a big world you know <laughs> the Russell Leela of social media yeah. <laughs> so we can't we can't we we can't go on for another moment without talking about your book which I'm holding right now in my hand which obviously doesn't trans translate well to audio however I can tell everybody who is listening that it's gorgeous. It's called Yoga Wisdom, Warrior Tales, Inspiring You On and Off Your Mat. And essentially what it is is a compendium of, like, how many yoga teachers are featured in here? 115. And the the funny thing is, is I saw it originally as this idea that it would be like a little daily inspiration. So I actually interviewed 365. Oh, Oh my God, you're freaking me out right now. We, we don't have a book. We don't have a book that big. And so the, the, the voices that eventually are in the book, really, it was so awful and brutal for me to have all those other people not be in the book. Oh. And I think that's the note is that we all have something really valuable to share. It doesn't ha- even have to be in a book, but I met so many beautiful, amazing souls, and we all have something to say that is unique. That's for sure. I agree. I'm curious about like why, because um, I've worked in bookland a little myself, and a project like this is no small feat. So, what no. was it that that in, like why <laughs> why on earth did you decide to embark on this? No, thanks for asking. I was at a, a very the low point in my life, and as I uh, am struggling to uh, redefine and and regroup after mm. being treated for PTSD, mm. one of the things the initial things I did is I went back to school, um, and one of my college professors encouraged me to start a blog. She said, look, you're a writer. There's this, you know, everybody's got a blog now. I'm like, what's that? I'll get one of those. You know, like approximately. Yeah. This is now 15 years ago. Wow. So 
I start this yoga blog and it does really well. And it's really, it's just kind of whatever I want to talk about with yoga because it's, I had a real dear friend years ago say, you know, if you only had one hour left and you had something you really wanted to talk about that you were passionate about, what that, what would that be? And it was yoga. Wow. So I, I've been practicing yoga a long time and writing about it, but it was nice to kind of eliminate all the noise and clutter of other subjects and just focus on that. So I'm, I'm doing my yoga blog and I'm by myself and I've just gone through this amazing life um, uh, upheaval mm. and I realized I have the summer off for school. And I'm like, oh my God, what am I going to do in the summer? You know, I'm, I'm, I'm lonely. I'm at a really, really bad point in my life. And I realized that I really liked being around another yoga teacher. At the time, I wasn't even a yoga teacher. I was just a yoga practitioner. But you know, when you go to class and they're always friendly and kind and nice people. Yeah. So I thought, you know what? I need an adventure. I'm going to for the first time in my life, I was by myself and I thought, you know what? I'll just rent an RV and drive up the West Coast of the United States and have an adventure and I'll interview a different yoga teacher every day and I'll put it on my blog. So all of a sudden I start, you know, putting this together, which at the time, even just driving an RV or a camper van sounded crazy. Uh-huh before glamping and before all the young chicklets on Instagram had their cute little, yeah. the, open, the open VW bus in the back, which is so not glamorous. But um, so I rented this camper van and within days I realized, oh my God, this is not for my blog. This is a book. book. Ah. But I had never written a book and I'd never, but it, it, it all immediately I knew. Oh my God, these people's stories are so beautiful and real and raw and intimate. And the people that I was meeting, I was so filled with joy and hope and inspiration. I thought, oh my God, I have to share this with other people. And my blog isn't big enough. I'm not reaching enough people. Like I I want people to feel this way because I wish I would have had this book when I was struggling. Now, that's not my intent when I started, but what emerged so quickly, Amy, when I met these people was that part of the human condition, the inescapable thing is that we are all going to meet a seemingly insurmountable challenge. And yet all of the people that I met and interviewed almost all immediately went to, I used yoga to move through life's inevitable ups and downs. Yes, yes. And I thought, wow, there's the book, these spiritual warriors, these beautiful people that just all happen to do yoga. These yoga teachers are just like you and me. They're not, they don't have it all together. They don't have all the answers, but yet the reason they want to share it is because it is a tool that works. Mm. I mean, forget all the woo-woo, forget the philosophy. I mean, you know, the, 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 the eight limbs of yoga, you know, the asanas are such a small piece of yoga. Yeah. 
and I'm sure you've talked about a million times on your podcast, you know, it's not about the poses. It might be the gateway, it might be the entry point, but the real beautiful things and the beautiful life that is available to everyone, the joy and the happiness comes through for most people. They start with, you know, with the poses. Mm-hmm. But for me, also the community, mm-hmm. like even now as I travel around the world, I'm almost like in, in tears at the idea that I can walk into a yoga studio I just did last night here in Moscow and I'm home. Yeah. I immediately am welcomed by a, a beautiful soul who wants me to be there and takes me in with the, you know, the yoga teachers are a big teddy bear hugging kind of crowd anyway, but there is no language barrier. Um, I can, because you know the poses or you know, you know, you've seen and you can kind of follow along. It doesn't even have to be in English. No. More than that, it's, it's, uh, I don't know of any other system or way of living that is so welcoming and that you could do your whole life. So as I'm, you know, on this yoga road trip interviewing these people, I'm like, wow, I just want to give back to the world something that has given me so much, even on the, what would be the worst of mm-hmm. days. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Even on what people would say would be a horrible day, I still have a tool and a way to, you know, help myself design a life that I thrive in. And so as I'm on this yoga road trip and doing this, I thought, wow, this is, this is something that people, if I needed it, somebody else may need it. Mm. But what's amazing is that it took me 10 years to write the book. Wow. So the yeah. interviews in the, this book, any of those from your road trip? Very few. Yes, but what eventually happened is, is let's say, for instance, like take Sean Corn, for instance. Yeah. You know, I, I saw Sean Corn on the road trip. I saw her repeatedly throughout the 10 years, but she just happened to be somebody that I could either connect with on email, yep. say, hey, I need your photo, or whatever eventually kind of happened as all the way down to that media release. I mean, the 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 reality of the sitting in your chair and the writing part to then where it's on a bookshelf. Uh-huh. So long, you know, that it really eventually became, who can I, you know, keep emailing and connect with? Yes. Who, and in fact, it was really funny because some of the people even that are in there, they were like, oh my God, I haven't heard from you in a year. I thought maybe you had abandoned the project or oh. whatever. So the Excel spreadsheet that I have, (laughs) I mean, I went through births and deaths and, 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 but what's great is people pretty much keep their email address, right? Yeah. So it wasn't like, I mean, they could go anywhere and that's why it's funny because I've had a couple of people say to me, wow, I wish you would have put, you know, with their photo where they were at, all the bios are in the back of the book. But I thought, oh my God, you can Google somebody's name now. You don't even need their web address. You don't need anything. You can find anybody. Yeah. But I think also too, I tried to avoid the idea that it's, you know, these are not your guru. You are your own guru. Yeah. But 
I love how a really good teacher, you know, doesn't tell you what, they just kind of point you in the right direction. And I've been so fortunate to practice with and meet just these incredible souls. Some of them are big rock stars like Sean, and most are just, you know, regular people sharing their love of yoga. Got Julian here. Oh, Samaritan. Yeah. I love her. I yeah. when I when I lived in Australia and took the camper van down, I stopped in Brisbane. Yeah. Ah. And I just and I just and on Instagram you just went through the whole thing. Her dog just passed, who she oh. loves so much, right? Yeah. I mean you know these people yeah. by going to a class, but then you get to keep up with them on either IG or their Facebook page or wherever you do. Yeah. And that's what I love. The world's getting smaller. I love in going through your book. I can see, I mean, I'm like I'm looking at Julie and I did really fundamental, really fundamental part of my journey was with her. And then I can see Christina Sell and the same, like I can a profound sort of Shakti Pada moment on a mat with her. It's almost mm-hmm. like a way of tracking, tra- tracking my own journey by when I've connected with these different people. I love hearing that. I it's love it's hearing really that. interesting. And then, and yeah. then I, you know, like Dharma Mitra, and I, it reminds me of that time. And oh, I love Dharma Mitra. What a man. What an interesting <laughs> studio. Can we talk about that? Folks, before we started the recording, I was reflecting on the fact that Stephanie and I have never spoken before. We're actually just chatting now with a video function so we can be nice to each other. And when it's loaded, she's got these <laughs> kind of like yellow, green, orange drapes in the background with heavy brocade kind of, the whole situation and I was just not buying it for her at all. So I presumed that she was not in her lounge room. Mm-hmm. I'm guessing that aesthetics and interiors might be something that you're slightly interested in. What's going on with that situation that he's got in his studio with the foam mats and the led lights and the, it's some crazy stuff. It's some crazy stuff. And what's funny is when you're with him energetically, it's so not him. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. And and his son is such a big part of his life now and, and his lineage and, and whatever. But I just, it, he's so beautiful and he's so sweet. I don't want to insult him by saying, oh my God, what's happening here? You know I what think I mean? it's just like a bit of India realness. I think that's kind yeah. of, you know, it's just a bit of... I think you're right. A bit of jazzy right. decor, yeah. Yeah, almost overstimulating and I don't know. And so that you, you're forced to get go inside and get quiet. I don't know. Maybe we're giving him more. Don't you always love it when you go to an art museum and there's the little placard on the wall that describes the art? You're like, who writes that? <laughs> you're like esoteric and wishy-washy and they really don't say a lot. I'm like, maybe it's just a red chair. Maybe, <laughs> maybe it's not. the pl- Same with him. Maybe yeah. it's the, yeah. You know, maybe it's just there. But I would think because everything he does has such depth and meaning that there would be a reason for it. And maybe that's it. Maybe there's so much noise he's trying to force maybe you to. Someone go. else does it all, and he's just because it's not important to him, so he might not even be aware of it. Maybe, maybe. maybe. I want to know. I know I can't ask this because I would never answer this question if someone asked it of me, but I want to know who your favorite interviews were. <laughs> that's, that's actually a really good question. I think there was um, a, a woman in Vancouver 
who didn't end up being in the book. And I'll be honest with you, I can't bring her, her, but the the feeling with her, she was one of the first people that shared with me her depression. Wow. And, you know, now in the last two or three years, we're talking more about suicide. We're talking about depression. Thank God. And it's another beautiful thing, I think, with social media. And I think, you know, her, her, um, her very vulnerable share taught me very quickly that I had a responsibility also to uh, keep their voice. So that also became an issue later on in publishing when they were like, well, you know, uh, do we edit these all to have a similar voice? I'm like, oh my God, no, 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 no. And I think some of the interviews might have been more um, intense and profound, but yet they weren't necessarily a good writer. And I was very clear with myself. There was very few things I wanted when I got finally down to the publishing thing, but I I wanted their own voice Mm. because I've always felt like I was an okay writer. I'm not a great writer. I'm I'm kind of a conversational person. But even with mine, I didn't, I wasn't trying to be Hemingway. I wasn't trying to write some really, and so I, I wanted everyone to have just this opportunity to keep their own words, but yet sitting across from this woman who had, you know, was so giving and open with me, that really set the tone for me from there on out. To really ask the the big questions, like yeah. even like a Jacoby Ballard, um, before the conversation became inclusivity, body sensitive, uh, all rights, all types, or whatever. I didn't do that on purpose. Yeah. I, in my personal life, I've been drawn to all different kind of people, and I think. We're all one. I think we're all pretty much the same people. But yet, I've been very fortunate that people were very open and giving to with me on their very, very intimate stories. And I think that's the beauty of the book is that some are more light than others, but yet everybody was just so wonderful. And I think that's the cool part of either what you're doing with a podcast or with our voices is that because you have the courage to share with somebody else, you're going to touch somebody else. You're going to have a huge impact. When I interviewed Jacoby about coming out as transgender, (coughs) excuse me, was before the big transgender thing with even um, (coughs) the couple of celebrities that came out. Mm -hmm. Sorry, it's so dry here. <coughs> hmm. Sorry, but <coughs> wow, I was worried about this. Well, look, one of the things that I one of the things that I love about the book is that it's I mean it's a, it's hefty. It's I mean it's like I keep saying it's gorgeous, but it's not a textbook. Like it's it's a um. It's not a textbook. It's a it's a conversation. The coughing fit because I've been in <laughs> terrible air quality for months. 
I was saying that you're, despite being a hefty tomb, it's not a textbook. Your book is actually a conversation and it really feels like that. Like I love that the tones are different and the degrees of depth are different. And what I feel like it does is it cuts through what we were talking about before, which is this sort of like compare and despair situation. They're famous. I'm just me. I've got my target yoga pants and my muffin tops. I'm never going to whatever headline a yoga festival but this is just yoga people talking about their journeys well that's a huge compliment thank you because I can't say enough how it doesn't matter if two people come to your class or 2,000 it's really not about that and some of the people that have gone on to lead workshops around the world or name a, a, a system after themselves yeah. or, you know, feel like they've created something that is unique. No, we're, we've all created something that's unique. I feel like there's this like river of life. And once you stick your toe in, the rest of the river is, is never going to be the same. The flow of the current is not the same, but yet we devalue our little toes stepping in the river. And that is wrong because we are all born these amazing divine beings. And we somehow buy into the, you know, whether it's the monkey mind or the, the whatever ugly sensor in your head that tells you you're less than and you're not. And I think that's a huge part of actually what yoga does. So as I'm writing the book and I'm seeing that, you know, some people are very, very content to have, you know, a a couple of classes a week and it not be their main career. Other people are very ambitious Mm -hmm. and very driven and that's okay too. Mm -hmm. Yes. You know, you can't tell me like years ago when I had my own, a publishing business, and I interviewed Oprah. I mean, you can't tell me that Oprah didn't have ambitions, yeah. but she's using her voice and her power for greatness now. Yeah. And I'm very fascinated by people like her who, you know, have taken a, a, a tragic, awful childhood something and then gone on to help people. That's all the people in the book are doing too. Yes. Everybody has. You know, we've all got these amazing stories. Everyone does. And the tool of yoga is really a communication with your body, right? And it's a communication with the divine to me. And it's my healthiest lifelong companion, the greatest relationship I've ever had. And the passion that I have is really just to share that with someone. So whether or not, you know, you want to talk very, very detailed anatomically, whether or not you want to uh, bring your own unique self to a class with, you know, millions, it all is great. I was recently in South America where the teacher had a guitar and at the end of class, he played the guitar and sang in Sanskrit. So here it is, one of those, you know, Deva Pramal or somebody, you know, some, some Indian sounding something that you think you've already heard before. And he's playing on his Spanish guitar. And I just 
was like, wow, I am the luckiest person in the world. It was like, it, it was like going to an opera or something for the first time. Yeah. And I thought, you know, all he did was be himself yes. at the end of class. Yes. So, so powerful. So powerful. Yeah. So powerful. And, and there's people too, like, I mean, it's hard not to compare. There's people that, that even, you know, when I was teaching, uh, you know, I made my students sometimes listen to Michael Jackson because the city that I was in, I had, I was living in the time in Scottsdale, Arizona, and I was so stressed out by the playlist. I hated it because when I first started practicing 40 years ago, there was no yoga, fancy yoga clothes, no mirrors. No. Uh, and no nothing that was distracting. You really were just with your quiet thoughts. And it, yes, it was Ashtanga. There was a system. But yet there wasn't all this other distractions in class. So as I'm teaching and people expected music, I, I hated that part of it. I got so stressed out by the playlist. One time I was just like, you know what? I just want, I just want to hear Michael Jackson today. And people just cracked up and loved it and whatever. And it, and it helped me even remind myself, you know, this is supposed to be light and fun and joyful. Mm. This has to be so intense. And, you know, that's, I think the personality of somebody that's drawn to yoga anyway you know, might be somebody that doesn't need all that intensity. And maybe someone who's drawn to Ashtanga as a starting point might not need more intensity. (laughs) But I do think there is a role for, I love what you're saying. And um, I also believe that there, not compare and despair in terms of like success. What does that mean? But definitely I think we should all be aspirational or ambitious in the sense of getting better like honing the craft. And, exactly. and what I've seen in my travels and talking to different yoga teachers is that there can, for some people, there's like a complacency where I'm just saying the thing that I've been saying for a really long time, like roll the spine, like a string of pearls or whatever people say, which actually we'd know better now. We know that maybe what Mr. Iyengar taught or Patabi Joyce taught or Shivananda, we, we just know more now. And, right. and not getting complacent or... I think there was a role for ambition in terms of becoming a better professional. I think that's brilliant. I think that's actually a a brilliant thing to tell someone because I think it's all too easy to go, whew, okay, I know this sequence, you know, comfortable doing this. And again, yes, you're perfect as is, but there's always an opportunity to up-level your skill set, because in any other career, you'd certainly have to. Yes. You you couldn't, I mean, if you consider this a career, even if you were an elementary school teacher, you're probably not going to have the same lesson plan every year. You're going to put up a different, you know, billboard or or, or bulletin board for your kids. You know, you, but but also that should be uh, in complement to your own practice, I've talked to so uh, yeah. many yoga teachers, and it's easy to to deny yourself yeah. your own organic spiritual growth in your own practice. You yeah. can put that second, like especially yeah. a lot of women tend to. I don't mean to overgeneralize, but we've been socialized to put ourselves second mm. and care for others. Your own practice needs to be fueled 
by your desire to, to learn new things. Like right now I'm trying to read the Mahabharata. Oh my God. What, <laughs> what made me think I should do that? Audio book, audio book. Thank you. Thank you. And you know, you're carrying I, that around in your suitcase. No, no, no. Back at home, it's just, you're right. <laughs> but even that I'm like, I mean, I do, I think we, you're right. I think we have a responsibility yes. actually to ourselves and to our students to bring our A game. I mean, I, I think about, I don't know if you know Shelly Prosco and hey, Shelly, if I send you this audio, she's in uh, Canada and she, uh, you know, continues to inspire me because she's always doing that. Yes. She's always doing that. She's always taking another workshop and people will say to me all the time, you know, why do you go to beginner classes? Because you've been practicing 40 years and I'm like, Oh my God, every day to me is like the first time. First off, how magical is that? Yeah. But second off, I hear something all the time in beginner classes that I'm like, oh man, I haven't, I haven't thought about that in forever. Yeah. Because this onion of yoga is so vast and deep and profound, and I love that part of it, mm-hmm. that's why I love even really great yoga teachers that actually do have a lesson plan and they are expecting their students to come two or three times a week, every day, whatever your idea is. And you've actually layered and outlined a path for them. I don't know, let's say the month, you know, this month we're going to focus on blah, 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 blah. That's a good teacher. Mm. I just recently wrote a post on my website about okay, there's a lot of yoga teachers now. I mean, I think in New York City, there's like 2 million people that have been certified. And that is why I love, have you heard all this stuff? With I love Julie. Julie has said, I'm not going to teach yoga teacher classes anymore because we have a responsibility to say, wow, can all of these people that we've certified make a living? That's a whole other conversation. And so, is the, and, and so is the conversation about do we actually feel in integrity calling the people that we've certified, certified? Have we actually given them what they really need or have we just charged them a whole lot of money for a piece of paper? Thank you. And I think <laughs> that's my intention when I wrote this article about, okay, you've been going to yoga a while. Is it a good teacher or is it a great teacher? Because there's a lot of good teachers out there you're but very there's, generous. All- there's a lot of crappy ones, Stephanie. I'm just saying. Right. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> it's like you go to the gym and it's a good teacher. Okay. But I mean, same thing. I can go to a good weightlifting class or a Peloton or a spinning or a aerobics or whatever. It's a good teacher. But man, there is a big difference between a good teacher and a great teacher. Yeah. And if you don't know what to look for because you started with just that so so teacher, you're missing massive amounts yes. of opportunity. Yes. yes. I love that. But, but I do think just, um, and I think we've been talking for way too long, so I'll, I'll, uh-huh. I'll, I won't keep you much longer, but I do think it's important for those people who tend to, their misalignment is, <clears throat> I talk about um, qualifying themselves confident, like they never feel like they've done enough. So they have this kind of hungry ghost thing about, mm-hmm. I'll just take another training and then I'll be good enough. But we mm. need to find the midpoint between wow. staying finely tuned and making sure that you're a professional like any other profession you're continually right. advancing but you're right. not um hungry ghost I love yes it. yeah 
Oh, that's so interesting. You're right. But isn't that what we do in yoga? It's a balance, right? Yes. Of strength, yes. flexibility, of yin yes. yang, of whatever. It is the same thing. Yeah. I mean, we are all seeking balance, homeostasis, whatever you want to call it, equanimity or yeah. whatever. I call it joy or peace. Or uh, To me, it's like, are, am I operating at an optimal level? And especially one of the things I've found traveling around the world is most people have spent a huge amount of time getting comfortable. And as you in a pose, explore your edge, I mean, you don't have to push and, you know, tear something or dislocate something or get that wacky Instagram pose going with, I'm sorry, some of those poses that aren't poses, people, (laughs) that you're going to hurt yourself turning your neck in that wacky pose for viewers to try and emulate. But I do think that there's integrity in all that you do and, and, and the way that you move through the world. But you're right, there's, there should be a mandate, an internal mandate that I'm supposed to, you know, I'm supposed to be sharing with these people how to live optimally. You need to stop and ask yourself the question, am I doing that as well? Yeah. Am I, am I taking my daily experience? And you know what? It, it can be tiring. And also, you, you know, also know how to rest yeah. and take care of yourself. It's, again, we're back to the idea of balance. And I, and I do think that yoga, more than anything, should be your tool to reflect and look and see and analyze and discern for yourself if, if, you're, if you're doing that and if you're giving that to your students. I like that, which all loops back to self-awareness. Oh. It's ultimately the heart of it, isn't it? Because you can't check oh, if you're in balance, yeah. if you can't. Yeah, without it. Yeah. Yeah, no, without that self-awareness. In fact, I started when I was 19, but now I look back and think, wow, if I could have had that in my teenage years and oh. just that being comfortable in my skin or, you know, getting through a test or, you oh. know, I think that's really a really important thing that they're teaching kids and it's a lifelong it's a lifelong tool I'm just incredibly grateful I love I think what's so I mean so many things that you've said have been incredibly inspiring but one of the things and maybe it's even more palpable because we're looking at each other but for everybody who's listening I'm sure you can hear it in Stephanie's voice is that you've been a practitioner for 40 years and I can still hear and receive from you like so much joy and um gratitude and pleasure and respect for yoga coming from you. I just, I just wow, love that for anybody who's listening. Well, chills said that. I mean, I do. It just, I, I could talk about it all day because it is so vast and deep and profound. And I'm so honored to be a part of this community of people because if everybody did yoga, the world would be such a beautiful place. And yet, you know, we're, we're trying, we're all trying. I mean, it's, it's definitely, it's mainstream in, in America. Now, when I first started, people thought I was in a cult. I thought I was weird. You had probably had a leotard 40 years ago. What are you talking about? Yeah, totally. Jane Fonda was sweating (laughs) in my aerobics, my, my, my leggings and, aerobics class oh my god I came from the generation where women didn't get their hair wet 
you know? Oh, you would, do you, we're talking about like those thong leotards. Yeah, right. What is that? Oh, God. <laughs> Oh All right, so and, if, if I can then finish this up with one thing. 40 years in this industry, either as a practitioner or a teacher or both, still, like, you know, palpable, like, waves of passion for it coming from you. For anybody who's listening who has got to that point in their yoga teaching career where they're feeling burnt out or they're maybe feeling, you know, they're falling out of love. This is my greatest fear for people, that they start to fall out of love with yoga because of the realities of being a business owner in yoga. What would you mm. say to somebody who's at that point who needs to, you know, lean That's back a great in? question because like any relationship, yeah. relationship to self, relationship to others or whatever, perhaps there's a, a different opportunity. When I first um, took my yoga teacher training, I did it with the idea that I was going to open a studio. So that was 15 years ago and there wasn't a studio in every corner and it wasn't in gyms. And it was still standalone, small studios of passionate people trying to make a living doing it. And so I, I thought, oh, this is so great. I'll have my tribe come to me. I'll have this beautiful little center where people will hang out. And it's just going to be lovey-dovey and wonderful. And I'm going to help people. And I volunteered at a yoga studio just to see, like, what it was like. I hated it. <laughs> I hated it. I knew right then and there that I was never going to have a yoga studio. Long hours, hard work, lots of people. Because in the United States, they start at 6 a.m. and they go to 10 p.m. So you've got ships of thousands of people coming in and out of, hopefully thousands of people coming in and out. And you know what? I realized, wow, that's that's not for me. Mm -hmm. And then I taught for a while at a non-denominational church, but because I would travel a lot, I felt so guilty leaving my students with a sub. And there comes the book. That was my way to do what I wanted to do. Uh So I think if somebody's burnt out, there's many different opportunities. You know, maybe you need to go teach prison yoga. Maybe you need to volunteer and, and um, you know, assist somebody else. I don't know. There's a way to either fall back in love with it or maybe do something else. Mm. You know, maybe you have a yoga clothing line. Maybe you are the first sustainable, ethical, you know, whatever, zero, zero footprint yoga brand or what. I don't know. You know what I mean? There's maybe still a way to stay in the industry. But if not, maybe it's not even, you know, going to be your principal form of, of income. Yes. You know, I think anything, I don't care if you're an actor or you're a doctor, I think anybody can fall prey to, to burnout. And you have to find your own way to say, wow, does this make me happy doing this? Because you know, if you aren't full of joy and passion and excitement about it, your class is going to fall flat anyway. Yeah. It's not something where you're really reaching people. Yeah. And, you know, everybody has off days. Everybody has off years, you know, <laughs> you have a bad month. But yet at the same time, you need to ask yourself, wow, is this really bringing me joy too? Because that whole, you know, secure your own mass first really applies here, I think, more than a lot of different things. Because you are, you know, imparting your love of something to someone else and 
And like I said, I mean, for me, I knew it wasn't a studio. You know, I knew that wasn't, and I thought I was more of a business person than a teacher. I thought mm. I'll just I'll get all of them together. And I hate, and I hated the idea after sticking my toe in it. So I love that. I, and I love what you're, what I, I'm also picking up from what you're sharing is that it's absolutely okay to change direction. It's not a failure if you do one thing and then change direction and do something else. And you can no, you do can't. something for a time and then pursue something else. And you winning at life. Right. And especially because yeah. we're all living so old now, it's not like you're going to have one or two jobs. You're going to have four or five careers. I love that. And oh even God. if you if even if you quote unquote retire from something, because technically, um, uh, you know, I'm a working writer, but I'm not pursuing a new career per se in writing. But I've always done some form of communication. So now I look at the big picture. It's all communication. I don't look at it as just writing, just mm-hmm. blogging, just. Speaking. Like even when I go and lead workshops, man, I really have to push myself because for the first time ever, I'm starting to get stage fright and that's awful. Interesting. So recently taught a workshop based on the book that I, I, I couldn't, I was so locked into fear somehow that I had to read it off a page. But I came out and I said, look, I, I'm, I'm uncomfortable today and I'm going to read it off the page and people loved it. But it was, it's funny because even if you think you've got it all together, something new is going to come up anyway, right? That's life. You know, just that that one anecdote in itself is going to change lives of people listening to this podcast. I'll forward you the Instagram messages when I get them about when she said that thing about reading off the paper, I suddenly felt better about my blah, 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 blah. Like seriously. Well, even, you know, it's interesting. I don't know about you, but I've had two knee surgeries, ACLs, and I had a total hip replacement. So even after I came back from the total hip replacement, in my head, I'm hearing, oh my God, you're old, you're old, you're old. No, I I had a hip replacement as a very young person. And now I get to, to explore this idea that my body remembers and my mind remembers that other person. But I can still have a good conversation with somebody 19 just starting or somebody in their 70s. And that really is the beauty of yoga. Mm. And that really is a good teacher too. If you can Mm. have a better to an advanced person in your class and somehow, I think people just need to relax and realize I have something valuable to offer. We all do. We all do. Stephanie Spence, thank you for being such a fabulous guest. Folks, you have to get this book, Yoga Wisdom, Warrior Tales, Inspiring You On and Off Your Mat. I got it on the interwebs. So you just Google it and you'll find where it's easiest. And you, Unless you live in Australia, you'll probably just use the normal shipping, but we can't because we live in an island in the middle of nowhere, so we use a different one. But you'll find it on all the major places, Yoga Wisdom. Stephanie Spence, fabulous. Thank you for oh, being so inspiring. You. Ah, oh, thank you. I can't wait to the day that we connect in real life because dinner's <laughs> on Yahoo! I can talk to you forever. I love <laughs> Enjoy the rest of Russia. Thank you for being our first guest, Abundant Yoga Teacher Podcast, Season 5 in 2020. Thank you. So if you're looking to, like, crush it on social media in 2020, good news! I am offering the Social Media Confidence for Yoga Teachers for 
week training again starting February. Why? Because you all loved it when I did it the first time and uh, we had so much fun. In fact, when I asked people who did it if they would write me a testimonial, everybody talked about how much fun they had. <laughs> so if you're scared of social media, you need this course. And if you would like to have fun learning how to do social media well, seems as though that's on offer as well. You can check it out at amymcdonald.com.au forward slash social. It's 197 Australian dollars, which is a sweet deal if you're living in any other currency. Sucks to be us financially right now. Get it. Join me. All the dates are up on the sales page. We're going to have fun, apparently, <laughs> and definitely over four weeks. Uh, what I want is for you to feel confident using social media because that's where your people at. And uh, we need yoga right now. Everybody, everybody needs yoga. If you're scared of social, sign up for this course, amymcdonald.com.au forward slash social. So there you have it, folks, another edition of the Abundant Yoga Teacher Podcast. Hey, favor to ask, if you found the content useful, I would be very grateful if you could support this podcast by giving me a five-star rating. And if you've got a moment, a review would be super cool. No pressure, of course. Like I said earlier, if you have any suggestions for podcast topics in the future, I would love to be in service. DM me on Instagram at Amy Yoga Biz Coach. Take deep care.